2017 has been a good year for games. And these are our favorite. Hello! And welcome to episode 39 of Triangle Square. That was like the longest pause I've done since we've started the show. Felt like I was being assaulted. I wanted to see if you thought that I was just faking you out. No. But you passed the test, Padawan. Yeah, I won't be a Jedi. <laughs> never. Oh. No, never. Not enough midichlorians. <laughs> Boy, you better introduce yourself so I will not forget about lucky number 39 because I'm on the verge of doing it. <laughs> well, now you've ruined it, Saul. But for those of you who want it, I am Brett Beck, your host for Triangle Squared, PlayStation Podcast. And alongside me is your other host, Saul Bridges. And I Saul Bridges. always bring you the lucky episode this week being lucky episode number 39. Yeah, that's true. If you've never heard of us or this is your first time joining us, we are Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, as I've already stated. And you can find us every Monday, every Monday, including Christmas and New Year's stuff, because Merry this Christmas, is the way y'all. we are. So anyway, every Monday at 10 p.m. PST and 12, or 10 a.m. PST and 12. <laughs> you, you cursed <laughs> me yesterday. It. You cursed I me. I called it. Ryan's going to listen back to that, and he's going to be like, he, he did it. He messed up. All right, anyway, so yeah, 10 <laughs> 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube in video format or on SoundCloud, a bunch of other services, podcast services. Including Spotify. Excluding Spotify. That's correct. Uh, in audio-only format in case that's the way you like to, to get down. You know, I'm not going to be one to judge you if you like to get down that way. I like to get down that way. Maybe we should meet up. Even though YouTube Red is a great service. Maybe not worth $10 to some people, though. Hey, $10. It's my jam. $10. And you get Google Play. And Google Play Music. Yeah. That's that's important. That's good stuff. So, Saul, um, it's been another one of those weeks. I know a little bit of what you've been playing because we played it together, but outside of that, good sir, have you played much of anything? I played a lot of Nier. A, a whole lot of Nier since we last filmed. Oh, yeah, because when we last filmed, you were what, just finished ending B? I don't know if, I don't remember. If you did ending A by the I don't end? remember if I finished, or if I even started it last time. I think I did because I think I remember mentioning that I paid sixty for it. But um, yeah, so I finished near all the way through ending E. <clears throat> excuse me, and then I felt kind of hollow and empty after beating it. It was really a really really great experience. So I really haven't played much. I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. Um, I guess is is an off game there because it's just it's really entertaining to me. So like what, hop in a couple matches before work? Something hop like that. in a couple matches, uh, get mad, and then maybe <laughs> maybe either quit or maybe pop in, or, or not pop in, but go and play some Grand Theft Auto V because I downloaded that again. And As always. Uh, as always. And uh, and I've been playing the Monster Hunter beta. with. Well, we played last night. I only got to play one hunt with you guys, but um, it's been super fun. And we did play Division too. I yeah. forgot about so, that. So, you know, we had mentioned uh, that, you know, I, I told you when we talked about it um, last episode that at PSX we did get to sit down and play some of Monster Hunter, but we were disappointed that we hadn't gotten to play the beta while we were gone at PSX. So, yeah, getting to play it this week has been really fun. We actually did all three. Uh, me, Ron, and John did at least. Shout out to you, homies. Um, so we did those, and then Saul hopped in for the last one, helped us with it, which was still really fun. Saul, you played the last beta, though, so you kind of already kind of, you had a feeling, right? I, I played the last beta. I never played the hunt that we played. So you but played it was what? Super fun. The first and two ones, or just the just first the one? first one? Oh, okay, yeah. It was a lot harder. 
uh, it than, was. than the first two. I was really which is surprised. good because I actually felt like there was a good step up in difficulty. It felt um, like a, a really a, a really good time with teamwork. It now, was what really was fun. interesting is that. It took us two tries to get the uh, we had to leave out to let John uh, to let Saul join in um, on the last hunt. So what is interesting though, on almost every hunt, we accidentally ended up finding the monster without even having to do all the tracking. Which is, I think that's kind of normal for Monster Hunter games. Well, I think it, you it has wander. a possibility, but it was just interesting that because we didn't do footsteps or anything, or not foot, yeah, footsteps or anything like that. No, or like dung no piles sort of or using the scouting flies and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. So uh, yeah, but if anybody of y'all have have played the beta and uh, have some thoughts on it, I'd like to hear them. I think it looks pretty yeah. interesting. Day one, there's, there's things I'm curious about, like if the the um, lobby system will be set up the same way, which is a pain. Yeah, I is. hope that that's just because of the beta build. You have to, for those of you who don't know, you have to go choose a quest. You have to be on multiplayer first of all. You have to go choose a quest, uh, and now again, this could all be beta specific. Um, so I want to say I, rem- I remember them saying that you could just shoot out flares, and people who were who were in worlds could just seamlessly join into yours. Super yours. cool too. That's supposed like to be the setup, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, anyway, this one you had to be beta. Uh, in the beta, you had to specifically choose multiplayer. You had to go in, choose what quest you were going to do, where you wanted to spawn in. Then you had to go and create your quest, which would make a, like a room. And then you had to give a code that it would give you to the people you wanted to join you, and then had to type it in and join you. So it was really weird. The upside is, is that if you wanted to continue on and do the other two hunts, you were able to... Uh, just continue playing with the same group and just continue choosing the new hunt, which was nice. So made it uh, made it more seamless. But the game's super fun. It has everything. I mean, I've I've played a lot of Monster Hunter. I haven't played since like Frontier on PSP. PSP. Uh, yeah, that's probably the last time I really dived in. I did play on when Vita first came out, just so I could play without having to do the claw. Uh, which was beautiful. You don't remember the PSP claw where you had to move around and then have your finger up here no, to I move did. the camera? I did, but I didn't know it was available on the PSN store. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, and, and you can map the right analog stick on PSP games to be the uh, yeah. the directional pad so that you can uh, emulate it there. And then I bet not that SOCOM the, game on PSP would have been really good like that. Because that was one of the things that I had issues with that game. I didn't remember SOCOM being on PSP, but like the Metal of Honors yeah. and almost every shooter on well, PSP had on. that. One of the only games that didn't do it was Resistance Retribution. Shout out to Ben Studio, my boys. Uh, and they had it where, say your screen was, you know, three inches or whatever, three and 3.4 inches or whatever it was on the um, PSP, four inches maybe. Um, yeah, there was. Like uh, two and a half inches of it was like this box. And if anything got within the box... Oh yeah, they did have all the PS2 the, SOCOM. Yeah, the, the fire they? team ones, all of them. Fire and team Bravo. Tactical, yeah. yeah, and Tactical Strike too. I didn't know about that. I actually one. forgot about that. Yeah, they all played very oddly, but because of the it was trying the, to aim with face buttons. Face buttons. Yeah, yeah, if I remember correctly. And you can emulate the face buttons with uh, again, you know, on the on the PSP analog stick. So you can play most of the games that way. Yeah. Um, including Resistance Retribution, you could go and turn the box thing I was talking about off, where if anything got within the box, it would automatically snap to them for aim, which was good when it was on PSP. Right. And you could turn it off if you wanted to, but turning it off on PS. Vita and being able to play it with the analog stick felt really you, good. Yeah. Um, what was it? Well, Birth by Sleep. Yeah, that was the other one. Would have been great. Because, I mean, I know you can change the camera to L and R, right? On that, PSP. That, I thought that's what it automatically was. I love that. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like, like on stick, handheld. That's yeah. what I wanted. I mean, yeah. I know that's how Dream Drop was, too. And I did play a majority of Dream Drop yeah, without but that's, that. At least, I think Dream Drop was automatically like that. Now, the, the DS Kingdom Hearts games were automatically set to where the camera was on the touchpad, which was awesome. Awful. Yeah, the I only, mean, straight awful. I had to go in and change it every time. I, I almost didn't play three fifty eight over two because I didn't know you could change it, and I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, the only game that that ever worked out on for me was Metroid Hunters. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't like that. I, lo- I loved it because I was left-handed, and you are too, so you could use the face buttons to walk, and then you can use your right or your left hand to write kind of as the I will say that, I will say that the game had relatively interesting control schemes for you know offhanded people. Yeah, that was uh, me and Seth. And Which I, is something I miss. Games used to have like a southpaw option. Some games still do. But oh, no, it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of uh, rare, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's not that big a deal. But we played the monster because when you got the DS, it came with... Uh, Picto chat, I think is what it's called, or yeah. chat. It was some kind of chat form, and then it had, uh, it came with the the Metroid Hunters demo, and we played hundreds of hours of that before that game finally came out. But man, so this week we're not going to do anything community wise in the traditional sense. We're yeah, do, so we've already kind of set that up, but yeah, yeah, ahead, so yeah, we're going to do uh, our game of the years, and we're going to go through and we're going to list up games ours. of the year. Yeah, wait, what did I say? Game of the years. Oh yeah, that's not yeah. Let's go back to nineteen ninety two. But um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna name off Ayers, I think, or do you want to go? And okay, do so what we're gonna do first? is uh, to kind of recap in case you haven't been paying attention on Twitter, if you didn't, if you don't remember from the last episode, uh, what we did is we kind of gave a call to action to the community to give us an idea. Uh, so Sunday through Tuesday, we did that um, to where you submitted what categories you thought we should have and what games you thought would be the winner of that category. Oh no, we didn't do that. I'm sorry. That was the original idea, but we switched it to give us categories. So we did do categories first uh, and we had a bunch of people tweet us and uh, tweet their idea for categories at us, which was really fun. Uh, and then we whittled them down because we got like maybe about 25 to 30 different categories altogether. And what we ended up doing was kind of whittling it down to just a couple. Um, and then from there, we sent out a string of tweets that was just a tweet per category, uh, gave kind of what a brief synopsis of what the category really meant and what it was supposed to, you know, portray. Uh, and then we were going to have y'all comments on there and kind of give the community answer. And if we saw enough, the same answer enough times, it would de facto become the community winner. Uh, so we're going to kind of do it that way. We're going to do category community winner, and then me and you are going to hash it out for our winner. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, we're not hashing it out, really. We're just going to debate oh, over ours. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to hash out for... So that every category is going to have one triangle squared victor. You will hear our individual victors for these categories. I, I don't remember us talking about it, like a, a single victor. Oh, well, I guess... Yeah, we talked about the, it. Because, that was the yeah. community response, right? No, no. The community response is there. Is the community answer. It's the one we picked. Then me and you are talking about our favorites each gotcha. and then and me then we'll, and you are going to we'll debate decide. with each other okay. to figure out who, what the one triangle squared answer will be. I do have to, uh, I know that we're going to be at completely opposite ends. Well, I, no, we won't because at least you enjoyed one of the ones and it, it's going to be an interesting talk, but so I, I, I do, see you over there laughing. What are you laughing I do. About? I got to throw out uh, a huge shout out to uh, Yoko Taro because he made a tweet earlier and I laughed out loud at the tweet so bad. Because Square Enix USA originally said, help us vote for PlayStation's Game of the Year. And then he said, I guess that PlayStation's Game of the Year will include a female protagonist in a sci-fi world and nice action. Yeah, Horizon. Horizon. (laughs) And then, like, not even, it's not even an hour later, it comes back, Square Enix says, thank you for choosing Nier Automata. Well, I'm pronouncing it wrong now. Automata. Uh, for your number one pick of 2017, and he's like, "Thank you so much." Smiley face. <laughs> he's like, he threw so much shade out there, and then won it, which is good because yeah, uh, the game deserves it. Interesting so. to see. All but right, so uh, we're gonna start with. Uh, we're gonna get this underway now. It, I'm, I'm hoping I did it right in the right ascending. No, no, order. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, we, I got this. Don't worry. So we're gonna start with local right. multiplayer. Yeah, that's what I got okay. set up. So 
Uh, what we're going to do is with each one, we're going to say who kind of suggested it, because I think that's a cool idea. So the first category that I decided to stick with, and I like because it's something that's a little more interesting. You don't see it often enough, so it's good to kind of give it some recognition, I think. And that is Best Local Multiplayer Game, and that was uh, given to us by at Sean1Neo over on Twitter. Thank you, Sean. Uh, always being part of the community and always being vocal. Um, a good quick aside that these games <laughs> aren't exclusive to PlayStation for the most part. I am going to have Nintendo Switch games in here. Just a forewarning. Okay, well, you didn't. You just needed to surprise everybody. So now you ruined it. I mean, number one, you're supposed to make everybody. You, you're supposed to make everybody question you, and go, "Wait, what? Does he real? Did he mean to say that? Like, does does he think that's a PlayStation game? Anyway, uh, oh, yeah, we funny. were we were asked. You know, is it is it platform specific? And I have to say, no. The whole point of this is to kind of give recognition to the games we think need it. Yes, we are a PlayStation oriented podcast, but we all like every. We all like other consoles. I mean. I give the the Switch a lot of crap because I think there's a lot of things that has it done quite right, and I think that it's not done too much to for me as a gamer to want to pull me to it. Uh, but getting back to where it matters, best local multiplayer game suggested by Sean One Neo. Thanks, Sean, again. Our community winner. I saw a bunch of uh, not a bunch. This one is actually one that got answered a little more scarcely because I think that, like I said, it's something that's so uncommon. Yeah, that it, it gets is. to be weird. So one of them just came uh, in terms of I didn't even see the answer, but one of the games I think that deserves a shout out uh, that just came out. So it didn't get enough time to, for people to really get their hands on it, including me. I've played it, but I did not get to play it on PS4 and I haven't had time to sit around with all my friends and play it. That's Gang Beast. I think Gang oh, Beast yeah. is a great example of, of local co-op being Forgot fun, hilarious. You you literally lose yourself to it and you just run it. You know, it's just you and your buds sitting in a, in a room screwing around. Like There's a few games that have managed to do that. Very specifically, sometimes it ends up happening with like Smash Brothers. It happened really big with uh, Little Big Planet Two specifically here in this house. Whenever I was young, um, when me, Blaze, and Jonathan would hang out here, uh, so I do think it's an interesting category. I think it needed to be talked about. Uh, the community winner ended up being Everybody's Golf, which is crazy because I own that game and I did not know that there is local multiplayer. So it's the same as it's always been on those games. The uh, the way it's set up is that, or at least from what I can remember, it's you always take been, turns. You take turns. Yeah, yeah. that's so how you hot can, shots and was, you can use. You know, you can use one controller, four controllers, however you want to do it, and you can choose yeah. a different avatar. Which um, is fun. Like, um, that game, it had some performance issues, and uh, generally but, it got, for me, it got taken away from another, another game took it away. I think it was Absolver, actually. Oh, okay, away. yeah. Well, what ended um, up happening for me is that I wanted to get the game and had too many games and started doing the, you know, with me being the only income, I wanted to be really... I didn't want to buy a game if Rubble. I wasn't going to touch it for too long. Yeah. So I was just going to wait and wait and wait. That way, I get it when I need it. And I also have a chance of getting it cheaper. I still buy new. That's my thing. I never buy used. I always buy physical. If we've talked about that, uh, uh, you know, ad nauseum. So I don't want to go too far into that. But I, I didn't end up getting the game until we went to PSX and Geo ended up handing it out. Um, so I really? got that and Danganronpa, remember? So uh, there's a little more of a Wait, story to Gio that. Wait, Geo gave you Danganronpa? <clears throat> yes. The Geo. Geo Corsi, my boy. Picture wow. on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he had a grab bag of games, handed me those two, and Blaze got... Battleborn, which is hilarious. Oh my! And because he didn't, it, it was a random. So yeah, he got Battleborn, and uh, wait, we're getting way off. Topic. Oh man, <laughs> he got Battleborn and Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is actually pretty cool. Okay, that makes um, sense. But it. yeah, so I, 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 that's a game that I regret that I've not played enough to be able to give it its real team, like its real go here. But I also 
don't know that I would have had a lot of opportunity to play it as a local multiplayer game, so I don't feel that bad because I still probably wouldn't be able to speak from any form of knowledge on that yeah, and excellent experience. experience. Uh, so that's okay. I think that that's a good community winner. I think that makes sense. Um, a couple other games that were thrown out there is like Windjammers. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. Windjammers. Uh, yeah, Windjammers. Uh, that was the one that was kind of like there's a game that came out earlier this year that was a lot like it, which is it was a Dot Emu remake. Uh, of the, an old Sega game, if I'm not mistaken, and it's the one where it's like top down on a map, and you can see, and you're throwing the disc back and forth. It's basically like, huh. you know, frisbee tennis <laughs> to an extent. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it's out there. Uh, that game is really like quick and crazy and hectic. Uh, I wish I could remember what the other game was called that was very much like it, but it was 3D uh, and it was a free PS Plus game. And it kills me that I can't think of it right now. Jonathan played the hell out of it. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like it's on uh it's all Neo E or not Neo. Neon yeah, Neon e. based, yeah. yeah. So that it's funny. But those are two games that I think are pretty interesting. Is it so Disc Jam? Uh Disc Jammers, yeah. I think that's what I think okay. it's Disc Jam something like that. Disc Jam, I think. Yeah. Right. Um but yeah. Uh, anyway, so Saul, I wanted to see, do you even have a winner for this? Because I do. I know that you and Annie play together a little bit. Yeah, and it was originally going to be Overcooked on the Switch. That game had a lot of performance issues, though. I'm, I've heard they've really? had really bad ones, like unexcusable performance issues. Um, if Breath of the Wild can run on that system, and, and I, I saw more drops in Overcooked than I saw ever in Breath of the Wild, which is nuts. It wasn't optimized well, so I quickly disregarded that. But mine... Kind of a cheat answer. It's one of two, I think, I have on here. But it's Mario Kart for the Switch. Because it did release this year, technically. Technically released two years ago or something, or a yeah. year ago, whatever. I mean, it's still technically but released this super year. Super fun. Um, thanks to Gregor, it kind of funny. Um, he was running tournaments on it, and I didn't get to play with him, but I did get to play with some of his Twitch members while we were trying to wait to play with him, but I had to go to work. Super fun of a game to play. Me and Annie played, oh, probably... 30 hours total of me and her playing side by side. And that, that game was probably, I would say that it's the best game to pause and look around at the environments in specifically like animal crossing, just to get an idea of what a next gen animal crossing game could look like. But it was super fun. I see you have though. Okay. So I want to say real quick, I, I mean, weird. Cause uh, you know, my experience with Mario Kart was that I grabbed it, even though I traditionally don't like Mario Kart games literally just trying fiending for something to play on the damn switch so yeah. i was like sure i'll give it a try worst case scenario is i just don't like it and i love karting games yeah and mario kart's never been able to get my attention it's never doing a good job and of course i played it played it with blaze i was like maybe multiplayer make it fun played it with blaze still just and it felt slow that don't was like it and i remember i went as i went as high as cc as i can the sense of speed is awful in comparison to other games yeah. in the karting genre it's awful the fact that there's not there's balancing issues and I get that some people like it for that because it's it's so hectic that literally you can go from first place to last place. Oh, in, in less twelve than 10 times in, in, a, yeah. in the same map. It's it's you crazy. Can, you can literally dominate the entire thing, and then somebody can randomly just throw the and, right and thing. And a new and, person can pick up a controller, and after one or two games, they could be pretty hot. And, see, and I have a, I have a million things about I don't like about that because like one of my biggest carding games that I love, and I've talked about it a lot. And we've and I, of course we're talking about getting the platinum and everything for it, but Mod Nation Racers. One of the things I love the most about that is when you get in front, as long as you're smart with your resources, when you drift, you build a shield. You build a, a, a boost bar. You can use some of that boost bar to shield, but you, have, you only have, when you activate your shield, 
it only goes on for a couple seconds, like not even a couple seconds. So you have it's to like, time it right. You have to time it just right because yeah. it comes up very quickly, very briefly, and then it goes away. So if you don't time it right, you still get hit. But they give you ways to actively make sure that if you're in first, if you're being smart with your resources, which is part of driving well and part and just you know it's part of being good at the game, then you can protect yourself. Now you, right. it doesn't mean you won't mess and up, I, but think, you can do it. You, there's I, there's a mechanic there in place to make sure that if you're good enough, you can work this cam this mechanic to your advantage. Right, and I don't even want to say I think because I, I know that there is the reason for that in, in Mario Kart is to keep it hectic. It's it's purposely done that way. I'm I'm 100 percent sure because it's been that way in every game. But um, yeah, so I mean I'm not a big fan of that one. But going yeah. on to what my winner was. Uh, I specifically chose this one because, A, like I said, there's not a lot of games released this year that even have local multiplayer, uh, but of all the ones, I think that Knack 2 did a very good job. So where I, I want to say, everybody knows I love Knack 2. Uh, I love the hell out of that game, actually. It was, it was an extremely good game. It's everything I wanted from a sequel and more, uh, and that says a lot. It was priced competitively, $40. That was great. But as a, as a local multiplayer experience, what made it so good is the first one had local multiplayer, Yeah, but... It was really we, or it wasn't even local multiplayer in a way. It was like Vita multiplayer, where you could send somebody in and they were like a robot knack, and they could only come in at certain times. It was super weird. This one is from the ground up, full multiplayer co-op. You can play the whole game that way. One of these red knack, one of these blue knack. Uh, the reason I think it's so good as a multiplayer game is not only does it kind of give you that great platforming sense when you're coming, so you can walk, you're working through, you're helping each other even from a platforming perspective. But when it comes to combat, which I think this game did really well on, there's a lot of ways in which you can mix yourselves together and like work combats out for each other. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite ways is that if you both run and jump up at the same time and go to belly flop, if you do it in sync or close enough in sync, it'll actually pull all your particles together and then you'll slam down as one being and then break apart and come back to each other individually yeah uh, but there's a lot of moves like one of y'all could grab somebody pull it towards the other and you can like you know do the little punching bag thing on it i, I just think that <clears throat> for what it did i think that it called back to some older games that managed to be that platforming feel i think it was a little bit of a nostalgia hit for me but also just so well made um of a game that i think that there's few games that come out that are that good that and it's funny because there's another game that i want to mention that i didn't get a chance to play oops um Anyway, that I didn't get a chance to play, and it I I can't speak with them. That's why it's not going to be on this. You know, the thing is, is that this list, every one of these categories is going to be games that we played. It's not the definitive list. We can't play every game. It's just unreasonable. I can't. Uh, so these are the games that, of course, I played, and that means something to me. It doesn't mean that they are the best of the best. This is just our opinion. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Knack 2 just had that that special feel. But another game I think also managed to capture that, uh, and definitely from talks with people I know who have done it, specifically in co-op, uh, Cuphead kind of captures that same feel. Oh, I never, um, I never, I did play Cuphead and I beat it, but I never played it co-op or even thought to play it. On yeah, which is the same thing. So you're working with each other. There's a little bit more to it, and you kind of get that you and your friends sitting on a couch going against the world. You know yeah, what I mean? And which is which why, is great. I mean, and that's something that like games where you fight each other are really fun. I think that there's a lot to be said for those, and they're hectic and fun and very memorable. Uh, but and and if there would have been one of those, it probably would have been able to win. Like uh, Little Big Planet Two is almost unrivaled in how fun it is as a co-op experience. Yeah. Uh, but I think of all the games released this year that I actually got around to playing, uh, I think everybody's golf is a very respectable choice. Even though I didn't get around to playing it, I've, I know that series enough. Uh, but Nac Two just stands out for me. So and I will say though that that Nac Two can pretty much win our decision mainly because on a two-player level, that game obviously is more involved for both people. When it comes to actually sharing an experience, because Mario Kart, it's you, a friend, and them six other people. 
But I will say that in a, in a I don't know if there's three players or more on Mac too. No, it's say, just two. It was yeah, just I will two. say that in a you know and you know when there's four of your. It was a more personal stuff, experience, I guess. Yeah. You know, which and is it's interesting. Just, it has a story, yeah, which is good too. Okay. So. Yeah, and you also feel like that, which is something people want. So I think it's good that they even included the feature that way. I was listening. Uh, the next, but uh, the next uh, category is one that was given to us from uh, at Neox Neon at Steve Wonder. Shout out Steve and uh, Sean Santa Rude, Mister Rude Cold. Uh, what ended up happening is there, there were three categories that they each submitted that were so similar that I decided to just kind of merge them into one because they were all shared a similar ideology, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and that that. Other what came out from the other end when I mixed those was uh, best budget game. So this one's interesting. I, there was a lot of games that I was when I, when I was determining how I wanted to do this category. I almost wanted to include forty dollar games. Yeah, but, but I didn't stretching. because there's so many of those games, games that released, and a lot of them were just kind of considered that normal AAA level. I just want to leave those alone and specifically, and I think it would have easily gotten conquered by the likes of like. The Lost Legacy. Uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of yeah, games that came are, out that could contend that are AAA it. basically experiences. So they're I mean, going to kind of blow the water off of some of these other experiences. At least, I'm not going to say it, it necessarily had to have happened, but it just seems like more level playing ground to do it as a $30 and under game, yeah. which still there's one game in specific that it, it honestly, oddly enough, wins completely over. It's going to win completely for, over everything. I figured it would. Uh, and I'll go ahead and say it. So our community winner is Hellblade. And Which my is winner is Hellblade. Mine as well. So Hellblade came out at launch $30 digitally. Um, I think for that price, even other games that get close to it in $20 price range, $25 price range, the weird the prices that you see. The experiences you get won't be nearly as deep. It's it's interesting. It's a game that I literally did not care at all. to. I, I, I didn't care that I had to play through it again to get the platinum just because I missed a couple of the of the whatever you call them, mechanics, remember the rune stones. Is that what they were called? Um, I think so. Yeah. If not rune stones, they're I enjoyed, I, I had to play almost all the way to the end. Cause I missed one very close to the end again. And I loved every second of it again. Yeah. I think what you get in that package for the amount that you get it for easily rivals what some other games have done at the 40 or $60 price point. Yep. Uh, and I think they did it in some ways better than some of those games. So, um, I, to me that easily is the winner. Uh, there, oh, yeah. there are plenty of games that have come out this year that are under that, and out of sheer because I, I do think that that's room for a lot of stuff. Hellblade was one of the main ones uh, that got a lot of traction, and I mean it, it won by and far for the community game. But I just wanted to go ahead and go through and look at this because I do think that there's a couple of games that are probably worth mentioning. Oh, one, it's so new to my mind that hasn't had time to sit on me too long. But Dishonored: Death of the Outsider, I do think that was a fantastic game. So that's probably the end of the Dishonored series. We'll probably never see it again, realistically. Sales were just never enough. Critical reception was well, but not well. It just it never lit any one thing on fire. It had good critical reception, but not enough to just be like cult classic favorite thing. Yeah. Um, and as good a series as it is, I just you know I do think that that was a great game. It was everything I would have wanted from a closing chapter of Dishonored, and it, the way that it decided to go about doing it, which is no spoilers here, it's in the name, Killing the Outsider, or you know that game is all about choice and what you want to do uh, in a lot of ways. So anyway, the end of the Outsider is the best way to say it. Um, it's just interesting to me that that's how they would choose to go out of that. So I think that was good. Another one that I know had a lot of fanfare is uh, Little Nightmares. 
Uh, and it's funny because I know a lot of, even personal people like Blaze love that game, Jess love that game, uh, Rebecca over at uh, Square XO love that game. She's talked about it a whole bunch. Uh, but for the most part, we did see Hellblade kind of was Hellblade, yeah. Uh, so, and I don't think that there's, as my personal opinion, I don't think that there's much to be said. The game had visceral, good combat. Uh, it, it was one of those games that chose very wisely, in my opinion, to have no HUD, to try and keep you as immersed in the game as possible. It had an interesting subject matter, had a fantastic performance. Uh, and sound over everything else. Sound design was phenomenal. I think that there's a million different reasons that you can say that as a package and as a $30 package, nonetheless, this game just exceeded beyond expectations for most people. Now, some people didn't like it as general, you know, they don't like action games or whatever, so it's not going to be a sweeping answer for everybody, but it is good to see that uh, Ninja Theory is getting a little bit of uh, notoriety for that, so that's good to hear. Next uh, one actually is one I really like uh, as a topic, and I didn't think about it at first, but considering there's been so many this year, I was like, that's actually a pretty good answer. Uh, so the next topic uh, was brought to us by Mr. Gideon Berkland and uh, at my night fan art over on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys for submitting. It's best remaster slash remake. So it's instead of just being remasters and remakes, you're going to shove them together because in essence, they aim to do the same thing, but they take very different routes to do it. Yeah, and it's so, all, and that in itself at a forty dollars price point is well, and, and it depends because not all of them were forty. To be fair, some of them are just some of them were under, some of them were higher. I, I mean, you know, some of them were twenty dollars, some forty, some sixty. Yeah, it just kind of it goes that way. But I think regardless of what it was, what they aim to do is bring back a game that you once loved and yeah, and bring Warfare it to Master you. Was technically sixty. Was yeah, and that was technically last year or fifty, I think. Wait, Modern Warfare Remaster? I thought it was thirty dollars by itself or forty. I think it was fifty. I could be wrong, but I, even forty is kind of high. But yeah, I thought I remember you could buy a season pass that much and just who knows play the rest of the game. Uh, but anyway, that was last year. So, was oh it? no, technically it released by itself this year, but it the game technically released last year because it was part of the right. Infinite Warfare yeah. bundle. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, but okay, so a couple of the games on that one that didn't surprise me is uh, people brought up um, Final Fantasy Twelve. That's Which not surprising good. at all. That's, actually a, that's a great game. I actually considered that for mine. I was excited about it. Never got around to getting it. And I've had way too many RPGs to play this year. I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm not necessarily wanting to just dive into another one. And when I already have a backlog of ones that I want to play, and now that I hear so much about Persona 5, I almost feel the need to at least try it. I, I have a feeling that I won't like it as much as everyone else, but I want to go in as open-minded as possible. So I, just, right. I try and just not think about it too much. It is a really And let good the game. game just take its hold on me I and couldn't. let me see where it goes. I think my number one concern with that one, as a quick aside, is that it's so long that I have a hard time know, seeing how they're going to keep a game that's 120 hours long engaging the entire time from a story standpoint. And I'm only like but, 50 hours in the game now, uh, so I couldn't put that on my list as anything even though I wanted to just because I haven't spent enough time with sure. it to deserve it. Sure. But mine is actually the same as this, uh, as, as everybody else's in this one, too. Okay, so I think this is another sweeping win, then, uh, and that is Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I don't think that's surprising to anybody. I think... The quality, I the think price, that it everything. is literally the gold standard for remakes, and we're, right. starting to see, we're starting to see that continue. So in my mind, when I think about a remake, right... Hopefully Shadow gets up there, too. It, it, exactly. And see, it's interesting, because if you want to say remakes it, 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 I don't want to say that Final Fantasy 7 as a remake is not deserving of being called a remake because they're not staying true to the original in my own opinion because of where I stand on Final Fantasy as a game I like the you know liberties that they're taking with the franchise in the remake of 7 but in terms of specifically what fans wanted in a Crash Bandicoot game people asked forever and ever to save the Bandicoot and a lot of people I think wanted a new game 
I don't even think they were worried about remasters. I think they just wanted a new Sony-led game or Sony-focused game because the idea of a Sony-focused um, Crash Bandicoot game is that it would play like the original ones, whereas the series got so straight off in the later releases that it wasn't even like the other ones. So what ends up going on, I think, in this situation is Sony and Activision took the best possible idea, which is, look, we could just re-release the three on the PlayStation 4, see how they do. And then go, you know what, what if we make it take it one step further? We don't have to design a new game, but what we do have to do is recreate these levels and make sure that this game feels exactly like you remember it unless you've played it very recently. Again, those games, see what the game aimed to do was bring quality of life updates. Right. But also as close to the original feeling of the game while offering a few necessary, in my opinion, changes. Um but very minor and not enough. They were obviously respectful of the core experience and only wanted to change it to try and give you a more consistent experience. So one of the changes they made was the crashes jump and they wanted it to be the same across all three games as best as possible. And what that meant is that the way that one handled a couple jumps led one to being kind of weird. And the jump was technically a little shorter than in the original game. They did a side by side comparison, but that game obviously came back remastered. I mean, it, not even remastered. You recreated every level from ground up, made right. sure it looked the source material. Fantastic looking. Yeah, they gave a game. They gave Crash everything that you. It's funny when you played that game on PS One. This is how you felt like it looked back when you were young and you played yeah, it when it came it out. Nowhere near. Nowhere close. close. Don't get me wrong. They're still okay looking games, you know, but. It's so crazy how they captured the essence of Crash. They captured everything about him. I mean, the way he looks, the way he emotes. I feel like they could have so easily messed that up, and everything about it was just right. They even kept the wonky controls in the driving levels because they knew if they changed them, it would feel unoriginal. It, it would taking it was taking away from that original experience that people love, and that's exactly. what people wanted. So, because this is the same thing as a remaster. Except for it's going that extra level, which is exactly what we're seeing with Shadow. Is exactly why I'm excited as I am for Shadow because they easily could have just been like, let's bring it up on the, to PS4, 1080p, 60 frames per second. It it'll be fine. We'll just do it that way. Everybody will just love it. And they go, you know what? No, let's go that extra step. We see how well Crash Bandicoot did. People love that it was so true to the original, but so new at the same time from a visual standpoint uh, and being able to play it. You know, it, it, it felt like playing Crash Bandicoot. With a PS4 controller, because it's what you were with, doing. Yeah, with, but, the, with, you know. with, with how you think you remembered it. Yeah, it, it's, just a, it's a weird situation, but I do think that across the board, that is the prime example of what a remake can be and what a remake should be. And if all remakes set that as their goal, uh, and I do think that we also saw that to an extent, uh, a slightly different goal, but just going back a couple of years, uh, another remake that was handled very well and received very well was, uh, was Ratchet & Clank. It was a lot like the original yeah. game, but they and made the a couple of changes, too, and the so. price was good. So we see that forty dollars price point, which is also really good. So I think it had a lot of stuff stacked up in its uh, in its favor it's to make it look it had, like, like the remake of everybody of the year for everybody. And I don't think that that's a weird answer in any. No, any it sort looked of good. It played good. The price was great, and you got you got a good value from it. Yeah. All. So yeah, perfect. Okay, so this one actually originally came to us from Mr. Gideon Berkland. It was uh, it was one category, and we. And then he mentioned it himself that maybe it would be better as two. And I was like, I like that better as two as well. But it's interesting. It didn't work as well as I wanted it to because I think that people had a hard time responding from one individual. But we'll go to the next category specifically is the best protagonist. Uh, and that was Mr. Gideon Berkland as well. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's interesting. The community winner ended up going to Aloy. Disagree. I mean, I get, I get it's your favorite, and it's like, and then that's your opinion and everything. But I don't think that's a, that's a good character. Uh, here's what I'm gonna say. Didn't even consider it. 
When, oh yeah, no, I'll say that as well. In my opinion, nowhere near best character. Good starting character, sure. For, right. for, for a first yeah. franchise, and, and fine. The fact, the fact that he used mocap in Frozen Wilds, I hear added a good amount of life to her. But she was such a bland and stale character to me. And I'll, here's why, though. She was bland because a lot of the people she ended up talking to were bland. Yeah, the whole and world it's, was it's, bland it's except resp- the ending. Well, it, it's, what it is is like, it's a problem of characters that aren't as, rem- as memorable. Now, it's well, a, we've had we've, – this is the thing. We've had a million conversations with World End uh, over on Discord chat, which has been fantastic, by the way. Our Discord, is shout out fun. to them. It is so good. There is nothing but uh, disagreements and, to an extent, debates, but they always come out with everyone being respectful of each other's opinions, even if they didn't change them or, you know, Something it's just you never constantly. See in real life. Yeah, it's, it's been insane, and you normally don't see on the internet at all. No. So I, I'm proud of our Discord chat for that. If you ever want to hop into that, we do have a Discord. You can find it. Uh, we have it linked at the top of the Triangle Square Twitter, and we need to start including it in on the YouTube videos for those people. Um, but everything in the world was great except the characters. The enemies were great. Here's my best. The here's, world building was pretty decent. The story was pretty decent. The characters are what dragged it down for me. You see, they're all bland. This is exactly. I'm not gonna say they're all. I know. No, no, no on, there's be, one, and it's it's ironically a spoiler. I'm not gonna. Th- whoa. I, well. Oh. Well. I I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And it's um, um ironically. No, that's I can't even say. Nope. Really? I like. I thought he was didn't the most like him either. Okay, well, I'm going to have to figure it out then. I mean, it, towards the end, I liked the bad guy at the end, and I liked the ending of the game. I don't know if Frozen Wilds concluded it. I hope not, because if they make a second one with mocap, I'm sure go much will, further, yeah. everything will be more lively. But the facial animations every now and then were on par with Mass Effect and Andromeda, even though it was oh, very Oh, no, rare, they were never that bad. It was very... No. I never I, saw I had, a single one that I, bad. I'm 99% sure a character had a stroke in mid-conversation. One, their, one of their, the side of their face went down. I never had that happen to me, way. thankfully. It, uh, but I, I agree with you. It was very rare, of, but... The, the, okay, the, here's the thing with that game. I love that game. I mean, we both did, obviously. We platinumed it. Yeah, well, yeah we, we played the hell out of 45 hours in that game. But it was a good game. If you but... ask me why I stuck with that game, that game was not... I didn't stick with it because of the characters. So it's interesting. I stuck with it because... I was curious of the world. The world was, was full of curiosity. Yeah. You just want to be like, what's going on? Why is it like this? Okay, that's great. Gameplay, fantastic. The exactly. gameplay was was amazing. It the had crafting r- was fun. RPG light elements that made it really fun to play. The boss battles were yeah, kind of iffy because there was only like a handful. Yeah, of Yeah, but, the, but even the then though, the, the moment to moment combat was what made it so great. Yeah, yeah the traveling fighting, was, fighting a anything was fun. Yeah, riding around was fun. Just seeing what was going on in the world was fun. Picking up small items and being like, "Oh, look at that! It's a broken coffee cup that they see as something sacred." Like an old, nuts. so this is so weird. Um, later parts of the areas, um, I'm not going to spoil anything for those that haven't played it. But later parts that aren't necessarily in the world, they're in a they're in the world, but they're not in the outside of the world. I think you could get where I'm going with this. They, extent, they look really really cool. The designs were really really cool. But as far as like, you could ask me like three characters' names. I could name Aloy. I know you just said one, so I'm not going to include that one because I did forget about him, so that doesn't count. Uh, was it Rosh? Uh, Rosh? Roth or whatever. Roth? Okay, and that's all. Yeah. I remember like there was some kid when she was small that threw rocks at her, and then she met him at a camp later on in the game. All I remember about that game as far as characters go. I remember the story perfectly. The characters didn't carry the story. Like to, the so world did. To finish off what I was kind of saying, yeah, the world was interesting. The story, and that's not, it's so weird. A lot of people go, well, the characters make the story. Actually, in this game... It's the opposite. The, the mystery behind everything made the story. 
what was the overarching like mystery, the overarching what's going on on a grand scale, and how original that those things set up yeah. were, like the setup to everything and what was going on. That was what made the story fantastic. Yep. It felt really original. There's, I don't want to take away from Ashley Burke's performance because her performance was probably captured in a weird way against characters that aren't near as interesting. And they weren't mocap. Uh, so, it but was... I'll say this: like in moments where it's her and a character that's okay, like uh, Eden or Edelin or whatever the guy name is with the bald head and the weird yeah. stuff, or not bald. I don't know what the hell he had. Um, it was like a hat. Yeah. Like a, so anyway, a there, there's a, there's a couple of characters that aren't memorable, but they're better and. When they when it's going on and they both kind of have a little bit of charisma, it's okay. You know, it's like the, here's the thing: the characters weren't so bland that you couldn't that you like hated sitting through them. But no, it's just it you was, weren't like, oh, this is really good. It was fine. There's, it was fine sitting through them. But when you take like a week later, you look back on it and you're like, well, who are they again? And like, see, and I'm not going to spoil a specific part, but we've talked about it before, at least on you know outside of the podcast, that one of the only scenes specifically from Aloy that made me be like, oh, that was actually a pretty good performance right there, is, is specifically a late game scene like two that hours you can do when game. you go back to a specific area uh, and you're you're like you're like paying your respects to somebody. Um, I won't go too far outside of that, but I it was a really strong scene uh, and it made sense. And I think that it's funny her her performance shines the most when she doesn't have to talk to other people. Well, that's I, the thing. I will say I will say that uh, for those who have watched this who aren't getting the hints or ha- who have played the game and they're not getting the hints of what we're talking about, I will say that the person the characters the character I'm, we're talking about is on par with the performance of Ashley Burch. I think that makes yeah, perfect sure, sense. Sure, sure. Because of the of the situation, but. It was a good game. I'm looking forward to the sequel, but it's not like I did not like any. Characters. Yeah, I didn't stay playing the after game playing it, because yeah. of the characters, and you know, it's weird. I defended them a little bit more directly after playing the game because I think in my mind it felt so weird to think that the characters were that bad. Because I remember like the episode after I kind of beat it in platinum, it we were talking about, or it was because we had started the podcast shortly after beginning of April. We had just beat the game and, it even and platinumed it. it, and we were talking about you know. I remember being a little bit more toward to the defense of those characters, but the more that you had to just sit on it and think about it and the other games that have come out and other games I played even around that, it just the characters don't stand out for any reason. But I respect the decision. I if do, you yeah. find that Aloy was a fantastic character, and I think there's reasons that she can be a fantastic character, but on a personality level, she and never got she never got to me. shine. Now, yeah. people saying she's a great character because she's inspired girls to do training and it stuff. Does not affect me. No, yeah, to be fair, it doesn't affect me either because I'm not seeing my daughter go and run around. Like maybe if I saw that, it would affect me. Yeah, but I but I'm not. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have any um, impact on me whatsoever. Being a guy, and, and so since and since I'm not a girl, it doesn't add any. I don't. Yeah, I don't points. get to feel that like oh, it feels so good to play. And like, we've had that discussion many times. I don't, I love playing as girls. I don't care at all as long as they're. It just depends I tell on the all game. I don't care me. if it's a boy, girl, human, robot. As long as it's a good character, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, it, Aloy, it, and, I say, and I'm not going to say Aloy wasn't a bad character. So I keep saying she just. Did it's not. Bland. She did not. And I'm not even gonna say she's bland. She did not get a chance to shine. Is what it comes down to. She, yeah, she I, probably I can see that. given better people to work against. She probably could have done a lot better. It's, of a performance. it's like you go to a party and you see the snack table. Here's the thing: I know that Ashley Birch can get, can deliver a good performance. Of course, Tiny Tina. Yeah, oh, Borderlands. Yeah, but take. I mean, Life is Strange. I thought her performance in that was Life fine, Chloe. Oh, okay. I, I didn't get to play through all that, but imagine the characters that if you're going to. A party, and you're like, "Hey, that bowl of Doritos looks really, really good." And then you see a plate of wheat thins next to it. You're not going to go for the wheat thins, and that's what all these characters were in this game: wheat thins. Okay, they I got gotcha. you. I, I, interesting uh, analogy, but yeah. So 
interesting you might choice. Go for the weekends. I don't know. Interesting That's your jam. choice. That's your and, jam. And obviously, they've said that they've had a million. Uh, you know, Gorilla specifically has have mentioned that they've got a lot of callouts about this character. In a lot of ways, Aloy, I guess, is more interesting than the, than the characters of Killzone because she was at least a talking protagonist. You know, she I mean, gets that. Yeah, and the world, the world, and the circumstances of those characters. are So interesting. yeah, probably the best main actual characters. Probably are. the best protagonist that they that Killzone or that Gorilla has ever created as a company. Uh, but my particular answer, I think, now that you've played the game, actually may mesh up. My particular answer is 9S. Yep. Uh, and that's from Nier Automata, in case you didn't play the Which, game. So very specifically, my reasoning behind it, um, I think that it's weird. your time with him throughout the game is so interesting. Oh, and the, the attitude changes you have where you go from this guy is... You get defensive about him at, at the end. At least I was. But before that, I was almost like... This dude's just shut up, like shut up, like. Well, see, it's funny. At the beginning of the game, he's like a. It, it's. And there's still a question I need to ask you when we're okay, over but with. okay. So for specific, specifically for nine S, one of the things I love about him is that when you start the game, he's just like he's this guy who shows up and kind of just starts annoying you. And because you're kind of feeding off of Two B's attitude, and Two B's, yeah. I, I want to give a big shout to Two B. She's a fantastic Kira, character. Kira Buckland, uh, but voice actor yeah. for her. But as for 9S specifically, it's like he's his character, the way that he arcs into how much you care about him is so interesting because he literally starts the game as somebody that you don't even know if he's going to be a big deal. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, you're just, like, kinda, and you're just and playing and you're kind of like, oh, here's this dude. Here like, he is, whatever. Somewhat mild spoilers, like in the first act, he technically <laughs> dies, but he doesn't. And then and if you play the demo, that's not, not even spoiler. The, yeah, it's not even the same personality you meet up with that you play the rest of the game with. It's a different personality. It's a different memory. I mean, it, it's it's like a half memory. Remember, he couldn't upload his memories to the bunker. He, he again played off the demo, so this isn't really spoilers. Yeah, he was able to upload all of two B's and, and some had, of his. Yeah, which had his memories because of two. So B's. his most recent memories. Yeah, he didn't have. But I'm talking about yeah, like it's not the he he didn't remember everything about the mission and stuff like yeah. So at I mean, first, interesting. He but became he was like the little tag along, but then things change in the second playthrough and, and the third playthrough and the, the fourth the, playthrough. The, okay, so. You don't really play with him that much and see that I remember. I think it was mainly mainly um, yeah, to be. Yeah. But dang. Anyways. Let's uh, not let's not go too much off of that. Yeah. But D is when there is things like the finale for me, there's there's choices you have to make, and the finale for me is was was hard. And the emotion that uh uh ooh, Kyle McCarley, I think is his name, put into that. Uh the voice actor for Don S, he Put a lot of emotion into it, and you felt really, really attached to this character. Every emotion he felt, I felt like this is really good performance. I, I feel what he's feeling. So yeah, I like that too. He starts off with kind of a smaller thing, but as he continues to go on, it's it's interesting how much your favorite, how much they humanize him. And I think the reason he's my favorite character, even in that game, because as much as I love Two B and other character that we won't talk right. about just now. I love both of them. They're great. Um, All three of them make a this, great trio. Yeah, exactly. They, they really work off of each other in an interesting way. Uh, but specifically why 9S stands out so much is how human they were able to make him. Yeah, how naive he is in the very beginning to an extent. And then how... How much he learns. How much he How learns, much he's, he has to he, deal with. How he, yeah, he processes and then how, that. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because... And this is not a spoiler in any sense. At least in my opinion. But if you feel like it could be, then spoiler alert for the next 10 seconds. I think that that game does a good job of humanizing him specifically because the game instills in you early that the machines don't have emotions 
androids don't have emotions. Yeah. We are just... It's a very weird um, play on uh, almost a weird racism. It, and I think it, I said that last yeah, episode. Yeah, but the, what's so interesting about it, uh, and it's about to be in the spoiler, sorry, uh, is that like, it's not even real spoilers, but you know the game, it's, it's almost spoilers. like the game tries so, not tries, the game sets up so hard the idea you hate that they're not, that, that the machines and androids are supposed both not to, uh, are both not supposed to have feelings. Right. But it's funny because you're already seeing a feeling. At the very beginning of the game, yeah. the androids hate the machines, but they're yeah. supposed to be emotional. I mean, even in the first, the like, machines are scared. Of, uh, the machines are, there's all these things. And, you know, there's a million, there's story reasons as to why they say these things are going on, at least in there. It's, it's a great conflict in the game that I can't really But it's like the game instantly, well. the game instantly goes away on its own idea, like it was set up to begin with. Like, the whole idea is to show you that while these beings constantly act like they don't have to, they have their own personalities. Yeah. And in the way they expound upon those personalities, it's phenomenal. It to is, me. Uh, uh, and you know we've had a lot of conversations specifically about why the game is so great, and, and, of- and it's not what what makes the game so great is not even a sum of its parts kind of thing. It's it's because the game lives with you past beating it. Oh yeah, so much more there, than the average game does. When I beat Ending E, I sat there and stared at the screen like this is a game I just beat five times, and I spent forty five. I think it was forty eight. And it's clear to say, say that the endings are you're not playing the same game five times with minute changes. Uh, in, For the in most the story. part, yeah, you're you're getting you're getting new content. You're getting new questions over and over answered, and, over. I and mean, new that's... questions to get answered every time you play, which is super interesting and super motivating. But after 48 hours of sitting there, I felt exhausted after Horizon. I was like, I'm glad I'm done with this. I I, I almost wore myself out to an extent with Horizon, but with Near, I sat there and I I'm not gonna I, I can't really spoil it, but I sat there and looked at an empty title screen and I was like. I don't want to play anything anymore. Like I don't yeah. want to play any other it's game right now. It's like, interesting the post mortem you have with yeah, that game. Yeah, it's nuts. But it is. We are on this specific one for too long. What? What? But it, we should be. What um, <laughs> we should be. Yeah. Um, so the the next one that I was talking about that Gideon kind of split was the idea of instead of doing best character that was his original suggestion, we decided to do best protagonist and best villain. Well, what it comes down to, a lot of the games released this year didn't have a specific villain. Not really a lot of them had like either. groups. Yeah. You know, because like you could be like, okay, well, what's you know, and like some of them are obvious. You know, Sauron's the villain in Shadow of Mordor. Who didn't know that? But some of them are more like. It's interesting, but some of them are more like a group, an entity that's the bad guy that you're yeah. looking at. Um, but the community winner, and this is by draw because we, everybody, every answer was different. So I just basically RNG'd it and let that be the, the one, which I don't know if that's the best way to handle it, but that's what I did. Uh, the community winner ended up being Jack Baker for RE7. Um, and I think, honestly, even though I'm not beat it quite yet, I think that I'm okay with that. I get that as a good community answer, and I do think it was a strong performance. And even the demo, he's he is nerve wrackingly chilling. Like yeah. when you see him, when you feel him, he's coming at you. He's just terrifying. And if anything, that makes a great villain. Yeah. I so agree. there's a lot to be said for that. Um, my personal one, uh, and I've already mentioned a little bit, is the outsider, and that's from Dishonored: Death of the Outsider. The reason he is so good to me, without dealing with spoilers, like I said, the game spoils its name a little bit is that you get more time with the outsider in this game than you have in any of the other games. And I think that they do the perfect thing of where, yes, he's a villain. A lot of what he does ruins people's lives. Some people think of it as like this special gift, but some of what he's doing really is putting people in positions that they're never going to be normal. They're never going to lead normal lives. They deal with this weird stuff. Their powers end up 
normally sending them over the edge to do terrible things. Uh, and it's almost like that's what his mark is. And there's a backstory to the dark, to the outsider that they talked about. He was created because of people going and doing monstrous things to him in the first place. He was a yeah. God that was created. Um, so I think getting to see more of that and getting to understand him, they did the great thing that I love is when they make a villain who's still a villain. Everything he's done has been bad to an extent or could be construed as bad up to this point, but you still care about him. Yeah, and mine falls. Like, or at least re- he's relatable. Like you, you look at him, you're like, I get why you're doing what you're doing. I kind of, I kind of can fall into that with mine. This is my <clears> second. Uh, actually, I have three somewhat cheat answers, but this is my second one, and that would be Monokuma from Danganronpa, specifically Trigger Happy Havoc, which released in 2010 or 11. But they recently redid the Danganronpa one and two reload on PS4. That came out this year. Cheat answers. So cheat answers. But Monokuma. Yeah, I'm not gonna say sure. anything about the story of that game because anything um, there is, I'm not. It's like I said, he's a great villain. He is hilarious. He is cute. He and you sympathize with him when you figure out what's going on because you're like, I can actually understand his motives to an extent, even though he's not the complete bad guy behind everything he's kind of showing you the bad guy uh which is super interesting too and how you deal with him during that because in case you guys didn't know trigger happy havoc or any danganronpa game that i've ever played i don't know if they're any different um but one and two they're definitely phoenix uh right style games where there is well, a they're, they're narrative games, yeah, yeah and you have a court case and you have trials to go through and the way he does all that, his acting, uh, everything about that character is hilarious. I guess basically a visual novel is like the best way to kind of word it, it out to an extent. Yeah, you play it's, like a, it's and, like a criminal visual novel, yeah. I would say. But yeah. I think all of his motives are great uh, because they're funny, they're emotional. Yeah, my only thing is I, I'm a little scared to play V3 not having played V1 and V2. Do not play V3. I, I've heard. I didn't know if the story's connected. v is killing Harmony. Yeah, does, Don't does, play, does V1 and V2 tie into each I, other? I'm pretty sure that there will spoil the ending of three or two. Wait, no, because one, Trigger Happy Havoc, one. They will spoil that ending in one of those games. I've heard that. I don't know how true it is, but it's not a r- risk we're taking because of the ending of that game is so Okay, good. interesting. But, um... Yes, Monokuma for sure. Okay, so what's going to be, since this is the first time we don't have a sweep? Monokuma for sure. I think that, like I said, he it's like the outsider I get because... I'll give it to you. Yeah, you get... I'll give it to you. I mean, you get to know the outsider in the first... I'll say this much. And, and from what that. I've seen of Monokuma and what I've heard of Monokuma, it makes me so excited to play the he game. Is a ma- he's a great But I just haven't gotten the chance series. to do it yet. And I, you and got that's one and two reload, don't you? No, I don't. Oh, you did. No, I never bought them. But I, I mean, I could. Oh, okay. Well, I, no, I was going to say I want to borrow it if you do, because I will play that. I have three. That, that's what I got oh, from, from Geo. So I need to get one or two. Yeah, uh, I highly recommend you play Trigger Happy Havoc. It's a good game. I to do that. I, got, I bought a bunch of games, like Accounting Plus and stuff yesterday with some of my, my money. Um, anyway, so that, that one's interesting. So we're going to say Monokuma is our definitive answer. Bam. Monokuma. Um and I guess that extends into this year because Danganronpa V3. So, yeah, bam, cheat yeah. answer, I mean, but also I mean, real answer. It, it, but you yeah, just didn't play V3 to know. Even, yeah, that's true. And uh, 1 and 2 Reload did come out this year, so that is kind cheat of Cheat answer, work. but it works. Yeah. All right, so the next category is Best Sequel, and this is actually from Gideon Birkeland and myself. My uh, final cheat. That was one I already wanted in here, so it's good to see somebody else give it out. Um, the community winner was Assassin's Creed Origins, also by RNG, because we got different answers across the board. Uh, I expected to see more of that. Yeah, I mean, it, Assassin's Creed Origins took a uh, and I honestly will say it, I almost wanted to give it to it because it took a series that I've a franchise that I've 
traditionally not cared about since the second or third game. And, actually, and I've tried dipping in a few times, and I've actually I love that game. I beat it. I enjoyed it all the way through. Now, don't get me wrong. I I obviously I, I liked it a lot. I guess when I say love, it's a little bit strong. I, I'm willing to get rid of that game. Yeah. That's true. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say mine because yours wins um, as the clash for sure. Okay. But mine is the, my last. I think G- the reasoning behind mine is interesting, though. So that's why I want to talk about it. Well, yeah, and I never played the first <coughs> near, but um, this is my last cheat. <clears throat> I even cross-referenced with some of our boys that Breath of the Wild is, in fact, considered a sequel among certain people. So Breath of the Wild game was great open world was fun uh i replayed it three times and i'm probably gonna play it again soon crafting was good everything was good but it's not as good as this next game okay so i want to just chime in with my breath of the wild thoughts again i, yeah. I by no means because i know it comes up a lot in, in, in all sorts of conversations of rewards i by no means am calling it a bad game yeah it's just not your it is of, it, it is a good Solid game, in my opinion. And I can see how someone would consider it great. How someone can consider it amazing is is just far oh, beyond no. my comprehension. It's, yeah, It's a game that literally gets by by being a game full of mechanics that have been explored and seen from games at the beginning of the PS3 generation all the way to the end of the PS3 generation. It is a very old game. Yeah, it, but it, I mean, it should have been a Wii U game. It shouldn't have come out now. That game would have fared a lot better to me if it oh, came out. Oh, no. You can't show me a handheld game in existence that looks that good. That doesn't big. matter. doesn't matter because we've already had this conversation with somebody. You can't call the Switch a handheld because Nintendo don't even call the it fact that if, if I have this in my hand, I, I get the and argument. I, say, I, I truly say, show do. me another portable system that has this, and I don't care. But it's not a portable system. No, I, and a, I agree. I agree with you. But it literally you, is a portable. system. It's unfortunate that it comes down to what Nintendo wants to market it as. They are going to call it a home it console, and I'm going to call it. A it home doesn't console. though, because you are literally. If the only you, reason you're dense, if you argue that that can't be considered a hand, like if I'm playing it, it literally is different resolution, different performance in handheld than it is. It's a separate entity, a separate experience. I, I wouldn't consider myself dense for saying that. I, I, I agree with you in the sense that it should be able to be considered a handheld, but when Nintendo haven't even once called it a handheld, that's an oh, issue. Oh, no, I'm sure they have at some point. In terms of marketing, sure. it's I, always, oh, hybrid console. But it's always marketed and mainly said as our next home console. But there has never and, been... And, and the problem with that mentality is that it is weak. It's it, it doesn't matter if it's the strongest, craziest handheld in existence if they do not want to consider it a handheld. I mean... To be fair, but I, it doesn't see, I don't get the. Like, I can, to be the, fair, the, I can take my PlayStation and the, I can take my PlayStation Four, put it in a box that has these little power adapters, it has a screen on it, and I can flip it up and I can be on the train playing PS4. I can be on the plane playing PS4. People do it. Yeah, but does Sony, that mean that, it, that Sony calls it a home console? Does that well, mean that it's suddenly a but handheld? Since when does the company calling it and when it, what it literally is like? It literally is designed to do that. It's literally different because of the performance and, and resolution and, and i agree everything. i guess i just i'm more hard on the fact that nintendo do not want to own up and say hey this is a handheld that it should have never once been marketed as a console because I, it's not just a console. because nintendo doesn't say so doesn't mean that that's the way you should go because i, 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 will, I, I will say obviously within the within the gaming scope of the of, of um what's the word i'm trying to think of um Gaming culture, like within gaming industry, most people can consider it a handheld. I'd concede to that, and I'm fine with that. It's just I have problems with Nintendo not wanting to back that claim. 
Uh, and the last thing I'll say is if the only reason a game is amazing to you is because it's on a handheld, there have been plenty of games that have come out on handheld doing things that earlier consoles did that were amazing, but they would never be considered game of the year because of that. No, I'm saying that the fact that there's so much I could do in that one game from my couch. I mean, I get it, but does that make that it? Beautiful. Is that what makes it a game of the year just because you can do it from your couch? That's what it sounds like. Well, well, you can't say that the game it is should be, reusing it, mechanics and stuff. When you're saying that, because that's literally defeating your own argument. What do you mean? Well, you said that you, the game you you, you don't are you like are it you calling them are you calling the couch thing a mechanic or I mean no what? no 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 you you said that it does many many mechanics that other games have done sure. right yeah that's what I'm saying okay so that what you're saying now is that like I can't say it's a good game because I can't play over my couch because other games have existed beforehand no that's not what I'm trying to say I'm trying to say that if the only reason and it's it's the way no, you're, no, it's, it's to an extent the it's the reason, way you're wording it but, but you keep coming the, back to the fact that you can do it from your hand from your couch but that's what makes the experience for me so fun is that it and that's what if it was a Vita game it'd be the same reason on a Vita I mean, game sure but does or, that does that make it the best sequel because of that specifically no, it makes it the best sequel because of the amount of stuff that they put in there that ex- executes so well. Like the climbing, the gliding, the travel, everything. The horse taming, the fishing, everything it does in that game. Actually, I don't know if there is fishing in that game. If there is, I've never done it. But um, everything it does in that game, it does it so well polished. I don't know if I ever had a major glitch that I ever encountered in that so, game. So your point once. is that even though it's doing mechanics that we've seen in other games attempt and sometimes perfect it's the fact that they're putting all those mechanics in one game. Doesn't matter if they're yeah, old. They're, yeah, they're putting everything that you can... And it's a Zelda game at that, too, which I already like the lore behind Zelda, so that's a bigger other plus. I already like the characters. I already know that... I mean, it's Link and Zelda. They're the same every game. Um, and that's not something you can really mess up on too hard. But it's literally the fact of that you get to go and explore these huge areas and, like, Hyrule Castle being a massive, massive area that got lost in. And the mechanics of, you know, the I, people people diss the uh, the durability thing, and I get that because I have had been stuck before, and I had to kind of figure my way out. That though is one of the great things about it to me is that if I have to use a frying pan or whatever to get my way out of there, or to kill another enemy, to hit the enemy and knock his thing down and go steal his weapon, that's all I got to do. And then to throw it on top is all of the shrines. The amount of ways you can solve the shrines is amazing. You can literally take one shrine and solve it six different ways, and it's fun to be able to talk to people and say, I didn't do it that way, I did it this way, or to sit on a shrine and be stuck. You're kind of like, let me figure out my own way, and then you Google it. After you do it, you realize nobody's done it before, or you've never seen it on the internet. And it's it's so the unpredictability is what it's the unpredictability, the sense of discovery, and it's it's just it's such an open and wide and specifically in the franchise. Yeah, and specifically, it's something Zelda's never done to that scale because Ocarina of Time had little mechanics in it similar, like the open world and all that stuff. But it, it it. you know, if if a game was to throw crafting, cooking, climbing, gliding, horse riding, you know, all this stuff into one game, t- typically one of those mechanics, or if not multiple of the mechanics, are gonna are not gonna be great, or the game's gonna perform pretty bad. Like I can't think of a game off the top of my head that has a huge number of mechanics like that that performs real well. That is a really enjoyable game to play and replay too, which is another part of the value for it. And so um, that game did it perfectly. Like. It takes all these common open world games and throws them into one game that is entertaining and replayable and just fun. And it's something that has the added bonus of me being able to sit on my couch and do it all and be like, "This is better what? wording." I yeah, this that is more. and this is and then and it's like it's all right here. And if I want to, I can make it on my TV, but I never do because I, I'm you know I've t- I said it before. Is that- can I say one last thing before we move on? Hmm. 
Hashtag Link Between Worlds. Fight me. No, Link Between Worlds <laughs> is a great game. I would say, I would argue and say that Link Between Worlds is the best portable handheld Zelda game that's advertised as a portable. I'm going to come out and Zelda just say game. in general that's probably the best Zelda game. Uh, it's still up between Majora's Mask and uh, because even though it won best sequel this year, it still hasn't beat Majora's Mask or Link to the Past. Just warning. Anyway, my answer and apparently the one that we're going to go with as a whole is Nier Automata. Yep. And I feel bad because I feel like I've, a lot is going to Nier Automata, but some of it oh, inadvertently. Yeah. But okay, so the reasoning behind this is very specifically. I thought on it a bunch. I think there's a bunch of games that were fitting for this. I think one of the one of the answers that would have been very easily for me to put in would be Knack Two. I think Knack Two did everything better than the first game did from a story perspective, gameplay perspective, platforming perspective specifically. Um, general growth of your combat and like combat options. I think that's a great answer. I think another good answer is Assassin's Creed Origins because it brought a lot of people back to a franchise. Um, but I think specifically my reasoning behind Nier Automata being so great is that <clears throat> how often is it that you've seen a sequel that a, that game's like we said is amazing for a number of reasons. When's the last time that you heard of a sequel making a franchise relevant? Yeah. It's, and, because, and when movies, I say relevant, I mean really. You see that relevant. sometimes with movies, but you never. I, it's hard to say that you see that with games. It's hard. Like it, there's not a single game you can be like, or at least that I can think of, where somebody hated the first one. Like everybody hated the first one, and I, and I don't want to go everybody because basically where I'm coming at with this is that Near Automata is a or Near sorry that is the prequel to Near Automata. It's the same world, not a direct sequel, but it's a sequel nonetheless. Is a game that most people didn't play. Sold very poorly, very poorly. Performed. Uh, in terms of critical reception, eh, got like a few sevens, but you know, underwhelming scores. It got a very, very rabid base of people who actually played it and bought it and loved it. The fact that the game even came out in and of itself is amazing. Most people talk about that. The fact that it ever got greenlit is one thing. The fact that the game comes out and not only improves on the original from ideas and mechanics and everything in every way imaginable, but also exceeds those by far when it comes to combat. Uh, even though I thought the combat in the original one was fun, it was good and more than just serviceable, but serviceable is a good word. It was fun and engaging enough. But for this thing to come out and make this series, like, you know, for this game to have sold a million would have been amazing. For this game to have gone on the sale over two and a half million is insane. Yeah. It's insanity. It's very surprising. And Nier was on multiple consoles. And Nier Automata... Oh, yeah, it was on 360, wasn't it? Yes, and Nier Automata is on one console, and majority are two, PC being there, but the majority of the sales have been on console. That's the reason it's been a sales juggernaut, because of the PS4. Uh, I think that it's amazing that a sequel can do that, and I think also, in terms of what it grows on, in a narrative way, it's it's just as amazing as the first one. Uh, there's arguments that could be made that it's better. On a gameplay perspective, like I said, it's, it's much better. So it just builds on the original, and, and it, made it, it made a series irrelevant, which is just weird it doesn't yeah. happen very often if it's ever happened at all i'm sure it's happened at some point in gaming history but it doesn't happen often enough for you to be like oh yeah i've seen that before you kind of have to really stop and be like what the hell has that really happened in so i think it deserves it for that alone uh moving on though next one biggest surprise this comes at us from uh at slayer or yeah at slayer gt is that his thing anyway it's ryan yeah I'm, the skinny root skinny uh, rage there he is yeah skinny, skinny rage. rage i was saying it was psn name that's uh, ryan our boy um he, uh, he suggested this one, and I actually kind of had this too. I've asked a couple of people what, what game caught them off guard. That's the way I kept kind of saying it. Like, what game caught you off guard, was on your radar, then you bam, you loved it. Uh, biggest Surprise is a great way to do it. Um, so his, and funnily enough, um, it was his, and it was the winner of the community winner. Uh, it's Mudrunner. 
Uh, and this is a, a sim game that's like big trucks and diesels and you're pulling logs across big maps and having to be smart in the way you do it because it's sim based so you can get stuck in the mud if you're not if you're being dumb and trying to just superpower yourself out you'll just dig yourself further you end up sometimes having to go get other vehicles pull yourself out i could see why somebody would like that uh i like sim games but not all sim games i haven't played it it sounds interesting and listening to him talk about it is just it's really funny because you can tell like he loves it like oh yeah there's a lot of his voice brightens up yes real enthusiastic um and so the it was between Mudrunner and Near, surprisingly enough, um, for biggest surprise. And RNG between it and Near gave it to Mudrunner. Um, my winner. It took me a little bit. I really wanted to think about what it was that just caught me so off guard in terms of how much I was in favor of it. Um, and a game that wasn't though. So get back to my original description. A game that wasn't on my radar necessarily. I bought it on a whim because I've enjoyed the series before, and I decided to go with it. Uh, it's East Origin. By and large, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. Memories of Celseta was great on PSP, and I liked it. The newest one that I can't remember the name of me right now, Lacrimosa of Dana, because it's kind of weird. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I haven't gone back to it. I'm probably about halfway through it right now. Uh, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. And on PSP, or I mean, on Vita, it runs surprisingly well. But East Origin has a different style, different characters. It's one of the only games that doesn't include uh, Adolf Christian or whatever his name is. Um the main character? Adolf Christian. That's his name. I said Adolf. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, Adolf Christian. Uh, that's the main character of most of the games. So this is the first one that didn't have that. And it's funny. This is actually a game that came out on computer forever ago, like 2000 or something like that, 2004, five, something like I that. I was say it wasn't 2000. <laughs> um, but it came out forever ago, and this is the first time it's come over to consoles. The uh, game's fantastic. I mean, it literally, I, I bought it to go on the plane ride to California when we went to San Francisco in the summer, and I bought it. Got to the airport, got delayed, had to do some stuff, ended up playing the hell out of it at the airport and at the hotel that we ended up having to stay in in Dallas that night. Got back, played on the plane, found myself playing it every night of vacation because I just kept being like, I really want to keep playing this. I really want to keep playing this. I want to see what goes on. Once he goes on. And I was able to play it and I beat it the day we got back. Um, and the game was just great. From a story perspective, I thought it was really good. The game was very fun. The boss mechanics are really interesting. I'm so glad that Daimu were able to bring this game over because otherwise I wouldn't have experienced it. Definitely my biggest surprise. I think that it just it sunk its hooks in me. I love that kind of top-down 2.5D style that's still sprite-based, uh, and it did it in such a weird way. Uh, and the combat was really fun. It was really like actioning and quick, and it, it's hard to describe. Probably the last game that made me feel that way that that hardcore was probably uh, Rune Factory Four, and you know how much I yeah, love that you game. love that game. So that's that's my answer. I want to see you. So surprise, why I saw what what is it? Near. So, so it's a surprise to you that you liked it as much as you did. Yeah, because oh, yeah. And I like, guess I got it at launch. It got pushed to the wayside because of Persona and other yeah, and you did play Horizon. it. You played it. At yeah, launch. I played it like for the first three hours. I got to. Uh, the amusement park and actually I beat the amusement park and I got to the village, but, um, yeah, it didn't capture me at first. And it, it is a game that takes a little bit past that. I'd say probably two hours past that to really get you these questions you want answered. And so that was my, that's my game. I, I, I had so many questions that I was being pushed and pushed and pushed to get answers. And I kept motivated and, uh, I've already spoken a lot about it so far tonight, but yeah, that's definitely the biggest surprise. I should have played that all the way through at launch because now I would, um, probably have the platinum by now, but, uh, thanks to one of our listeners, Richard, who asked us a question two episodes ago, who said, um, what do we have a Christmas game near is my Christmas game now, because there is 
songs in the soundtrack that sound like Christmas songs with like the bells in the background and stuff, the chiming. Okay. There's also a song that sounds like a clock tower theme from Majora's Mask that I really digged uh, in the uh, amusement park area too. But yeah, okay. biggest surprise, near. Okay, so next category is uh, best new IP. And I apparently didn't, I didn't look at who suggested that, so I apologize for that one. Um, so community winner, Horizon Zero Dawn. Not surprising at no. all. Not surprising at all. Uh, my winner, since we're already on it, is Horizon Zero Dawn. And as we've already criticized the game in enough ways, I'm not going to go into why. I want to go into why I think it's good. So the reason I think it's a great new IP is I do think that re- regardless of Aloy's characterization and other games' characterization, if the Frozen Wilds, like I've, I've seen that too, that the mocap, mocap helped her feel more alive uh, and maybe the NPCs were even better. I don't know about that one. I hope so. Um, but I think that as an IP, as a character, there's a, there's a lot of room for them to make me care more about Aloy uh, than, I, than I do now. Because I won't say I don't care about her at all. It's just not... You know, it's not enough for her to be my favorite new character. Bam. Um, as far as, you know, the rest of the stuff, I think the game sets a great, like a fantastic world. My expectations of what they're going to continue to do with the world, I, I do have high expectations. I guess the reason it's the best new IP is that of everything that came out this year that was something new, this is the one that makes the most sense as a franchise. Yes. And that I'm most excited to play one of again. Yes. Hellblade's a fantastic game. I think it's a great new IP. I don't necessarily know that I need another Hellblade, even if in the back of my mind I kind of have an inkling of like, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. But at the same time, Hellblade may stand better as a single single game. And it's something that I, I'm curious about. I do want to see the world building. I want to see where it goes. That's what I'm excited for because I thought of that as my... And my I want to see where the story goes. I mean, they yeah. did a great job making you care about the story at the yeah, end. Especially the end. Yeah, the very <sighs> final scene of the game, I was... Or maybe it was even the after credit scene, but I was just like... What? what? What's going on now? Yeah, no, that's why me and you were both like when they announced the Frozen Wilds, I was like, they better, was not, like, they yeah. better not be showing that. Cause yeah, they, yeah that, the, that, that needs a 9 to 13 to 15 hour... Um, uh, campaign. Campaign. <laughs> But, uh, sorry, I'm going to sleep here a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, mine is going to be a complete sideball. I'm going to say that Horizon wins the Clash because um, the world building and the potential off-series it could do because I don't think this game would be great for that, but I think it is a very original and a very fun game, and that would be Absolver. Okay, okay. And you know I did not get to play Absolver. It was uh, But I could also see Absolver continuing from oh, what yeah, I've like seen adding, of it and from what I've talked to people about adding it. different fighting styles more Be, uh, and areas see whether it's more of see, whether we're seeing more of it as a service game or whether we're seeing more of it in in the sense of a true sequel yeah I see that it both ways super fun for and that actually was very close to my best budget game because of the amount of time and fun I, I had with it but the value of crash is so I mean not crash uh of hellblade is so much better then, um, do you think it's F-Solver. specifically because of the way that the story was handled in Hellblade? Yeah, yeah, they, they and, and I guess experience. also because the, the the performance. Whereas it didn't like Absolver doesn't really even have a performance. Yeah, the overall it? experience in Hellblade is mo- is most certainly uh, more, I would say, core shaking. Sure, sure. Okay, I like that one. That's interesting. I could see that. I think Absolver looked great. I remember when I watched it at PSX last year. I was like really impressed. I still want to play it. I just wish it was not physical only. I mean, digital only. Uh, it, it did end up coming out physical limited run though, didn't it? And I just, yeah, it I don't had think a mask, I, which was super cool. I didn't get it, but uh, I do want to play the game. I'm probably going to start buying more digital games. I'll get into that with you after we talk here, uh, mainly because of money constraints um, moving forward. Uh, next category is best narrative, and I also didn't put who was on here, so I apologize for that again as well. Uh, I almost want to say I remember, but I don't. Uh, the community winner, which I think is interesting, and I and I've 
was excited for the game again, didn't get around to playing it one of those years. Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch is the, the community winner. That game won a lot of awards. People talk about one of the things they liked about it was not only did it have a narrative through itself, but it also had world building narrative. Yeah. Which is something that some people hate that word. Some people hate the terminology that's like world building stupid. Like, world, like, uh, like you see the narrative in the scenery. Like, I don't think that's dumb at all. Podcast cat has came in, but um, bam, bam. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think that's weird at all. I think the game looks fantastic. I was really excited when I saw the PSX last year and talked to the devs. They were obviously excited. I think that it makes sense. I've heard from a lot of people that the narrative was really strong. Uh, so I, I, that's fine. I, I'm really happy with that answer. Uh, yeah. Before I go first, since it is something different, what's yours? Hellblade. Okay. Um, and I'll explain that because the overarching story and experience. Experience is such a weird, a broadened term right now for me, but the overall enjoyability and experience for Nier was better. But the way and just the way Hellblade was told was such a good experience. The And the, the audio and everything in that was so great that um, I gave it to Hellblade. It is honestly a tie between Hellblade and Nier, and I haven't had a long, not a long enough uh, stew period for near for near to know but how you. I would honestly probably say that in the future I would say that near would probably overtake it. But you just have to have more time to let it yeah. sit on you. Sure. Okay. So obviously, like I said, I'm giving a lot to near. Mine's near. Now, honestly, I'm okay with either answer being the final answer for Triangle Square. But yeah. which one do you want to go with? I would. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with near personally because as the uh, oh, the overarching winner. Yes. Okay, uh, that makes sense because both of us obviously feel that it's at least a contender. I think Hellblade oh, yeah. is a contender. Uh, I just think that the way that Nier continues to unfold its story over multiple playthroughs is something is, special. Is the, is the, that's, the, that's the better of the experiences there, where Hellblade was more of a sound and visual experience, mainly visual, or mainly sound. Well, and, and you got a lot of narrative through stuff like that. Like, you know, and there was a lot of narrative value in, in the voices in her head and things like that. And, and that stuff generally made me feel uh, just really kind of shaken up and, and not even not even shaken up, but kind of Tense. disturbed yeah, yeah. In, in weird ways in some parts. That was super. Uh, ex- Again, different. it's an experience. You know, it's 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 experience with the game. So I can agree with that one. Um, all right, okay, cool. I, I'm down with that one. Good thing is the next one actually gets a little bit of love uh, in terms of Hellblade to an extent. Uh, Publisher of the year. This comes at us from at sad underscore hill one over at Twitter, uh, and the community winner went to Ninja Theory overwhelmingly. Um, and I think that's interesting because obviously Ninja Theory is a, it was a self-published game. Hellblade was by Ninja Theory. Right. So they are a publisher in this particular situation. Uh, and I do think my, I'm sticking with my original answer. And when people said Ninja Theory, I was like, you know what? I, I, I almost tempted to change it, but I'm not going to, um, come on, Tabby. <laughs> kitty. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that they definitely deserve it. That's where I'm going to go. So, I, again, I'm going to let you kind of take helm on your winner on this one. I think Ninja Theory is obviously deserving. Uh, I think it's interesting that we saw an independent developer be the one that comes up as, as uh, or an independent publisher come up as a publisher of the year, which I think that there's probably arguments for that for, like, Annapurna Acti- Interactive and stuff like that anyway. Yeah. but um, Or, like, Digital Devolver and stuff like that. But what Digital is yours? Digital Devolver had a really interesting one. Um, Square Enix. So why Square? Near. Specifically near. Specifically near. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, what do you uh, think it is about Final it? Because Fantasy they 12, allowed the game to come? Yeah, because I think... because It was easy the, for them the to never let that. that we even got into on Discord not too long ago. But uh, even with like Final Fantasy 12, you know, they've had a strong year, and uh, including um, 
The game you just mentioned earlier, I didn't get to play a lot of. Was it something I said? Yeah. Life is Strange. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so like they've, I think they've had a really, really strong year. And, um, yeah, the new one before the storm. Yeah, and um, I think that you know Square has always been a company that has been really, really reliable and really, really, really nice to See, it's everything. It's funny you say that because a, lo- a lot of people do not like Square. There's a lot of hate for Square specifically because of the way they end up handling... Final Fantasy games. Uh, yeah, and that's all fanboyism stuff. Right? It, it is. It's a it's lot. Not I think a, what a I'll say, I think that Square's a good answer, specifically because of the fact that while you don't necessarily love the idea, I do like that they continue to support Final Fantasy 15 literally they, for a at, solid year. At least they, yeah, they continue to support them. I don't agree with what, how, but at least they yeah, did. Yeah, but it's still a, it's still right. a good move for the publisher because people are loving the, the DLC too. People are loving the expansions. The support's really good. So from that sense, I think they deserve a lot of praise for that. And as a publisher, I agree that they did a lot this year. I think bringing Final Fantasy twelve is something people have asked for for a long time. So letting them have that was interesting. Um, you know, good move on their part. And it obviously did well for them from a monetary standpoint. It sold very well. Um, and yeah. since it's a remaster, it, it was, obviously it was, didn't have to sell as well. And I played, you know, 20 hours of it. That's another uh, RPG I want to go back to um, and uh, some free time during 18. But um yeah, I, I, it, it played very well. It was very fluid of a game. And it, like, I didn't see any problems that I got to play in. Sure. I did have an issue, but with that's, that's with grinding for, um, oh, crap. It's for a weapon. It's very early on in the game. you got to kill all wasps and things. And then there's a ghost thing you have to kill and reload zones to get. Sure. I can't think of what it is. Sure. I haven't played that game in so long, it's hard to remember everything. And they changed a lot on that because it was uh, based off of the Japanese version. So, uh, But... I am going to go with my original winner, and I still think it holds. It's a, it's a little bit of a really broad answer, but I'm still going to stick with it, and that's Sony Interactive Entertainment. Yeah, and I, I will go with that as far as the... Uh, and it basically comes down to that the first seven months of the year were just relentless. Whoa! She gave me a love nibble, and it, like, it scared me. <laughs> Podcast cat strikes again. So, uh, yeah, Sony did a great job this year. I think uh, we saw Gravity Rush 2. We saw Neo, uh, which was a surprise that they ended up publishing over here because it was originally meant to be a Namco Bandai game, if I'm not mistaken. Or Tecmo Koi, that's what it was. So, yeah. Um, Koei, uh, you, did you, just, you, you didn't say that right just then, did you? Koei Tecmo. Tecmo. I said it backwards, sorry. Yeah, I was like, wait um, but yeah, it was originally meant to be that, and then at the last minute, Sony hopped in and did the publishing, specifically for America at least. I think they did publishing for everywhere, uh, which was weird. Really strange move, but I do think that they get a lot of commendation for that. We obviously saw Horizon come this year. We saw more budgeted games. We did see the Horizon. I mean, we saw Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy uh, come from them. I just think they had a very good year, obviously. We saw, um, what was what was one of the other newer uh, games? Neo. I, I mentioned Neo. That was... Oh, yeah, you did. That was the first thing you mentioned, was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they had a really strong year for obvious reasons. I think Knack 2 was, was strong for them to come back out of. Um, I know there's other games that I'm thinking, I'm forgetting about, but Gravity Rush 2 was definitely one of them. Uh, I think that some of the stuff that ended up slipping past 2017 sucks, but I also think that it's a little worth commendation for letting them say, hey, they did think that this obviously needed more quality, so we're going to back it off into 2018 to give it time to get that quality, which I think is always a smarter move than just releasing a game in a broken state. But there's a lot of people that go different back and forth on whether that's a good thing or not. Some people really hate the idea that Sony has to push games back um, sometimes. And I, th- I like that they've been more gun-shy this year about that. They don't want to give dates to anything, which is pissing some people off, which is funny because, in contrast, people used to get mad that they gave dates and then didn't hold yeah, to them. But that's that's one of those things, too, like where almost every g- big game this year was, was like at one point in time um, delayed. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think of... Uh, Except for Nintendo. Actually, coincidentally enough, Nintendo never had, not had a single delay this year. 
or and every game they released released on the uh, they, original, they original game. game. Yeah. yeah. So um, one Which thing I also weird. think it's worth mentioning for publisher of the year is that this is a little different, but from a from a showcase standpoint in terms of uh, conferences, I think that Sony also had while they played it safe. Every game they showed, I at least am genuinely, like, genuinely interested in, where that's not necessarily true for Ubisoft and the likes. I feel like of things that were announced this year, Sony also came out really strongly. So, I mean, that's yeah. another reason why I want to give it to Sony. So, in terms of who we're going to give it to, Sony? Sony. Okay. Yeah, Sony for sure. Sony's our, our winner. The Square Enix does a lot of good, but Sony is the main reason we have the console. Sure. All right. Uh, best performance, and I don't know if this one's really good. I think this is going to be a sweep. Nope. Okay. We're, we're going to run into this. I, I think I might know where yours is at because of what we already talked about. Go ahead and guess. 9S? Yep. Kyle McCarley. As hey, dude, 9S. it was a great performance. I, oh, it I, was, dude. At the end there, when he was not, he was he was having some emotional breakdowns. And that's not spoilers or anything because I didn't give you a reason why. But he is breaking down emotionally and he's screaming and yelling. And, and it doesn't sound it. fake at all. No, not at all. And I'll tell you right now, I'm letting you borrow Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You, it's leaps and bounds better than that because there is some cheesy dialogue. Never once did I cringe or feel cheesy uh, to dialogue in Nier and spoke anything spoken. And, and see, the thing Kyle about Nier, though, is that Nier great. is supposed to be flipping a lot of Japanese tropes in their head, JRPG tropes, yeah. whereas Xenoblade 2 is in, is like embracing the tropes. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and that is a difference. So I do think that that's, there's something to be said about that. Uh, but best performance community winner was Melina Jurgens or Jurgens, whatever her name is. I'm sorry, I can't say it right. I know I'm messing that up. I'm, I'm, uh, but Sinua, uh, Sinua from Hellblade. We've already talked a lot about that performance. I think it was a very strong performance, and it's interesting because for the same reason... Or I guess for reasons that are somewhat similar to what I was talking about, Aloy. Aloy was at her best when she was alone. I wish they would have let her be alone more. <laughs> Which sounds kind of wild, but part of the reason that uh, Melina's uh, and the fact performance is, is so strong. Yeah, that's insane. This is her first time doing because any kind of work. She's a video editor. Kyle McCarley has done other things. He was in uh, that Ajin or Anjin uh, Netflix thing. Boy, is he is he Ajin? No, no. I mean, is, I mean, is he the main character? Aku, Aku, yeah, Akuya. Yeah, yeah, that's that's him. My boy, uh, that's cool. I didn't know that, but now that you say, it, I can hear it. That's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, but anyway, I think her performance is great. The fact that she, she came into this and they were able to lead her, and obviously she has some natural uh, moments of this. But I also think because it was her first time and she had a little bit of a vulnerability about her, I think that vulnerability also helped play into the general character of Sinua and where Sinua's mental state was. And I think that that vulnerability made you care more and connect with the character more. Uh, and I think that's part of what made that performance so strong to me. Uh, and, of course, because the subject matter being what it was, it's off and a little bit different. And it's it's weird because it's not necessarily relatable, but it's like the game forces you to relate to her because I've never had a mental illness. No, you know, I don't yeah, know anything and, about that. I mean, like, other and than anxiety and stuff. Quick aside, I did not know that Polygon, apparently there's a writer of Polygon that shit all over the way they handled uh, mental illness in Hellblade oh, and said Polygon it was wrong. Oh, Polygon can eat a dick. Like, they're, <laughs> they're slowly becoming, I'm not going to I'm not going to get into that. Side. The woman said yeah. she has mental illness and that uh, and her partner and that he, they felt like it wasn't accurately describing it and blah, blah, blah. In some ways it was, like audio-visual hallucinations were really good, but other things were like, um, whatever, you know, the normal thing. But I think that the performance was great. And in a way of trying to communicate what the feeling, or at least even somewhat of what the feeling could be for mental illness into someone who's never experienced it, I think it was very strong. And a lot of people obviously agreed with that. A lot of people were talking about mental illness in a different light. And if nothing else, whether the game handled mental illness correctly or not, and at least brought 
positive attention to mental illness and it helps clear the stigma a little bit where people are a little more open to being like what is this what is going yeah, on and it's not and more curious and and, and, and it, not necessarily deviling it real quick you know exactly. it's, it's awful say, it's demonized it, it's, it's yeah it's not demonized it's it's more humanized than anything because it's because it now access yeah because now you feel like you at least have somewhat experienced what we're talking about or what they're talking about with the game and what they're trying to do with this mental illness idea so i think that is a lot so so now we know yours is nine S. Where, where we're gonna go? Because that what my winner is Melina. I am gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Melina because of her her very first performance, uh, and just the general performance. You know, because um, yeah, everything with her is involved, and she's not even working with someone else. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what's crazy. She's playing off of herself more than anything, and it's yeah. still so strong and because it, it makes you believe that everything. she. It makes you believe that she is the as the performance actor is is hearing the voices. Yeah. Because she sounds you, so scared and vulnerable, and I think it was very strong. I, I just, of course, yeah, I, and she won the same award game, she the, will, a game, uh, the game award. Yeah, she, she will absolutely it. go on to do more to it's do just, more performance work. Yeah, I know it. Kyle McCarley as Nine S is my personal favorite, even though she I'm with you, though, definitely deserves all the praise. Yeah, I, I, I can feel you on that one though. Nine S is is really good. It's a great performance. Okay, winding up to the last one right before game of the year, it is best original soundtrack, and we a have sweep. another sweep. Near Automata, across the board, community winner, my winner, Saul's winner. I know it. We've talked about it enough. Um, it's, so rare, Saul, it's rare that I have a game. So uh, I know the soundtrack enough to name titles. Yes. So have how many times have you listened to it since you've beaten the game? Twice. The entire soundtrack. All twice. the way through. Yeah. Me too. And it's um, I've listened to, um, I'm trying to think. I know for sure that I've listened to Build God. or It's not called Build God, but it's called... Um, we build gods. Is that what it's called? I, honestly, the name of that one. I always, it's, it's sad, but it's just something very similar. Tracks, yeah. What's funny is you named it earlier, right? And I can't I did, remember. Yeah, um, I'm just. I, I've got a little hazy. Every song it, is really interesting, and it has. Listen to that five times. Yeah, a, great song. Least. Great song. It's really epic. Coming into what's going on, like definitely in the game, it, it, it's better being able to like to think back about what you did in the game while while you're listening to the song. Yeah, but also the song is just great to listen I to. I was when you're sad. Sitting. I was sad that on the second playthrough, I didn't get to hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really was looking forward to it, even though that part was particularly a little tedious to get through because of the instant death mechanics that was in it. Sure. Um, but, yeah, great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Best of the year. Uh, now, it's funny. There was a lot of mentions of uh, Persona 5. Now, Saul, oh. we talked about I haven't, per- I haven't played Persona 5 at all. You've, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm roughly... You're going to be our authority on that. Yeah. I, Persona 5 has an amazing soundtrack. It really does. I haven't gotten experience any different songs uh, that there could very well be. But if you want a taste, literally just if you have Persona 5, the title music is amazing. But there is, to me, not enough m- emotional standpoint behind the game since I'm not that far into it. Then maybe it's just not anything. weighing on you the same way. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, there. I mean, I, I, I was at the same time... I was choking back tears and I was laughing at the at, at the very ending of E. And I think you know what I mean by that. But like it's something you're interacting with. Oh yeah. And I was and it's playing through songs and stuff and then sure, sure. little things happens and it's amazing. And it's it's something What what that, about that? What about that final credit song uh Way to the World? Oh yeah, so it was good. like it was. Dude, what it was, a good it was rap down, up. wasn't it? Well, the whole song is like that. The the way the world song, but it's well, really I, good. I thought specifically, it was a slowed down. It, uh, it may have been actually a melodic one in the last one, but either yeah. way, the song's fantastic. Yeah, it is it a is. it is a really good like breakdown and like good. I don't say breakdown. It's like a good capping point for that game. Yeah. I feel like it touches back on like emotionally. I mean, it's weird that it does that, but you feel the song in a very emotional way to the ending of the game and. 
it's funny. Most of the songs do not really have lyrics for the most part. They're you know they're they're built around general like atmosphere of what's yeah. going on, and I think that that's great. I think that they're doing way more than that than having to try and push the I lyrics. Think two songs, but there's a couple of songs that do have lyrics. Yeah, that, there's two songs that have lyrics. You can't even really call it lyrics. Like this cannot continue. That's the that's the song. Well, no, you know what about, I mean? I'm talking about the female singing. Sure, sure. Because there is actual. I don't know what language it is actually either. To be honest, because I know there's a he, I, there's a there's a uh, an English rendition at the end. I don't know because it plays other times. I think it's French, or it might be. Um, it actually might be um, like Japanese. I don't know. Or my made up language. Who? I don't it care. It might be a made up but, language. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't like, matter. It I'm not worried. I'm not worried about up, the lyrics but. anyway. The songs evoke such a strong emotional pull in me, and I think another reason I love it so much is as a person who played the original near a lot and have recently started playing it again, working towards that plat. Um, it has a lot of good musical callbacks, like really well done musical callbacks to the first game. And it's amazing. I love it so much. It's it's so good. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good, easy sweep. Uh, but I, I've heard enough people say uh, Persona 5 that I think that it deserves a shout out. Uh, and up to the last one, Saw, and I know this one's going to be kind of hard to do, but... Go we, ahead and just read mine. I know what it is. Breath of the Wild. We've yep. talked about it enough. Uh, we talked we, we talked about that way too much. Except it's not. You know why? Because this is another sweep, my boy. This was all a ruse. <laughs> oh, it's not a sweep. Oh, it's not a sweep because Persona Sorry. 5 was there. Okay, okay, so the community winner was Persona 5. Look at that. It ended up in here somewhere. Uh, Persona 5 was a community winner as a sweep. Like, that one not. was overwhelmingly so on those responses. And for me, Rightfully Nier Automata, so I've, I called it. As soon as I beat Nier Automata, I said game of the year. I said, I don't know if any game that can actually okay, change so this and push this. They didn't. No I, other game. And there was a lot of good games. A I lot of good games. But very, nothing else did it. Very, very mindful of anything I've said about this game to not let it sneak out that it is my game of the year. Because of the amount of time I spent with it, like I literally beat the game and the amount of time I work in a week and I worked it, and I beat it within a week. I, I, that was my second job was playing that game. And it didn't feel like a job at any given point. And the, we were talking about the music and how it wraps into uh, the hacking minigame, which then incorporates a, a, a 100% perfectly flow, uh, flowed-in 8-bit version of the song that's currently playing at the same exact part. And it, and does, and it doesn't perfect. break at all. Yeah, and the characters were Seamless all so transition. good. And you, there's never a character in the game that you hate and then not end up loving at the end. And I'm t- I don't mean any character. That could be considered a spoiler. The bad guys, everybody, you end up liking at the very end, at least in a sense. Um, uh, but the story's good. It, I had a million and one questions, and I and I, I was telling them in the Discord this earlier. And you've had less time to stew on it, so some things aren't even yeah. hitting you that well, you know the answer of. You just haven't thought about it. You well, know what I mean? no, and it could very well be that, but I don't remember resolution of at least two things, and I'm gonna have to. And I do want to ask you those two. Sure, it's, it's only two questions. And I just I don't know if you knew this or not, but the, the, the this this game is technically a sequel to a play that he did called. Uh, Yorha something. I did not. Know uh, that. It was a play he did, and it tells the story of a specific character in the game that you end up playing as that we won't talk about. Okay, talk so about the yet. third one, I'm guessing. Yep. Okay. And it tells the story of why the resistance camp leaders. It, it's, okay. it's a bunch of stuff. I, that, actually, that's the third question that I have. But um, but yeah, it is great. Um, I, I could gush about it for hours, and not only that, but I feel like I have time to think about it. But I'm gonna go ahead and make a clear. Not well, not so clear, but at least an announcement on the position of that. That very well is tied with Bloodborne as my game of the generation. Boy, so that's a big. I'm about to say that's a line in the sand right that's there. That's a big, big, 
big thing for me to say because Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3 didn't even get considered up close to Bloodborne. And I love Dark Souls 3. That was my yeah, game, was of the, game of the year last year. But yeah, it was something that I felt when I beat Nier and the credits rolled and I had beaten everything up to E and I, and I was just sitting there and I was like, I was sitting back thinking to the story and everything about it and I have not experienced anything like it in a video game on that kind of level ever. And Bloodborne still gets it for now. Like it's still tied with Bloodborne, and it's it's not it can't be decisive. I still got to stew on it. Maybe getting the platinum will help that. Maybe the getting the platinum will uh, show me a couple of things that I did not like exactly, and then you know Bloodborne still wins. But as of right now, yeah, it's big up there. That's that's impressive. So I even I even told Brett like I was like they're they're not gonna like me because Breath of the Wild is gonna be my game of the year. When I got here, I was like hey, hey, hey. I even wrote it down in my Google Keep as that. But no, it was it, it was near. I knew it, it was near after, I, honestly, after pro, like after probably C's playthrough, I knew it was near. But I always had the, the the thought in the back of my mind that something could change in the next two technical playthroughs that could change that. But this they solidified it with this uh, play the ending of E. Absolutely. Okay, well, I, I am absolutely fine with that, Nier Tomata. I've gushed about it all year long. I don't need to say too much extra, but I agree with Saul. The way that the game handles everything, and it's, it's, it's literally a sentence I typed out earlier when we were in the Discord chat and we were talking about the game, somebody who's currently playing it, and they were, it's, it's World End. He's, you know, he's, he's not quite getting it the way that, you know, he's obviously all of us have heard, and, and I it think. Took, it took me, you know, seven hours to get and like fully understand because to the point where you were completely gripped and wanted to just keep going yeah and i feel like you know i mean we he could end up not liking it it is a game that's not going to be for everybody no game truly is but i think that i am from the moment i ended playing it and the literally a whole year has passed and i've got to just stew on it and stew on it, stew on it and play other year. games almost a, yeah but you know what i mean a year's worth of games so what nine months worth of games ten months nine yeah so i had a lot of time to stew on it and it's, it has not faltered for one second to be my game of the year. And I am so happy about that. There, I mean, Yoko Taro is absolutely, he solidified himself as my fa- I mean, he already was, but he's absolutely solidified himself as my favorite director. It really makes me And there's want- plenty of games I love. You know I love the Uncharted series. You know yeah. I love The Last of Us, and I hope The Last of Us 2 is just as good. Don't know with Bruce leaving. Who the hell knows? Um but with all that being said, Yoko Taro never has let me down. I mean, you're talking three games in a row that on a story level and what's actually going on and the fact that the game stick with me. Because like Saul, this game sticks with me on a gameplay level too and it was much more fun to play than, oh, yeah. than Nier. But Nier's fun. I'll give it that. Actually, there's a couple things Nier does that I wish Automata would have had. It, it does have similar things, but not as similar. Like yeah. it, It's a little different. I'd have to explain it to you. And you'll, still, you'll be that's, like, that's I know. That's one of the things about it is I have, I've talked about this so far. and I, I don't even know if I've mentioned how fluid and how well the gameplay works and how different it is. So yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's really fun. And I, the combo system's great, being able to switch into new, the different weapons. Uh, but that it all pales in comparison to me to the fact that the games live with you past beating them. That's the important part to me. I think about the original Nier, Nier Automata, Dragon Guard 3, Dragon Guard 1, 2 is omitted, not going to talk about that. I think about all of these games to this day, and every time I think about them, I'm just like, they're so cool. Like, they're so good. How does it even make sense they're that good? Yeah. Now, That's- and it's fun. Dragon Guard 1 so old that I don't advise people to play it normally because it hasn't aged well as a video game. Uh, but Dragon Guard 3 
as, as ugly as it looks and the fact that it runs like a PS2 game and has frame drops does not hold back from the fact that it is a phenomenal story. And I know that now knowing that Nier Automata has hit you the way it has, I know that you would enjoy Dragon Guard 3 and the original Nier. I just know yeah, it. Yeah, I, I wish I had an original PS3. I wish they would go ahead and I wish Yoko Taro would just remake everything. Well, they I, talked about it, but it's about budget. You know, if yeah. he gets the money to do it and there's Boy, enough demand, I'll, he said I'll he'll do it. it but. I'll raise it for him. I'll go give topless car washes. But um, <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. $100 a wash. So I'd just like to take a picture of it and put it on the Twitter. That too. Uh, but yeah, I feel good with that. And with that, that means that we are now done. That is our game of the year. That is that our is game of the year episode. All the awards that we gave. Our last episode of 2017. That's right. The next episode will be the first Tuesday of 2018. The 2nd of uh, yeah. January. That's awesome. So you guys have a great Merry Christmas. Enjoy I'm sorry, Tuesday. It'll be, the, it'll be Monday. Yeah. I don't know is that the yeah, first? It is the first. So, yeah. we get, Bam. We're going to come back on the first, guys. Yep. So, experience us on the first, always, at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific and 12 noon Central. And uh, you guys enjoy your holiday seasons. We do have one more episode. It's going to be episode uh, 40. Uh, and that's like, what we talked about. Oh, I'll say one more episode. But one more episode that is going to be shorter. We're going to be recording it Wednesday. I've got to go out of town this weekend for family yeah, stuff. And, yeah, it's, so it's, it's going to be lacking of news and drop. By shorter is what he means. Because this episode yeah. is still longer than our typical episodes. Yeah, but I knew it kind of would be. Uh, so with all that being said, we hope you join us for next time. And thank you, first of all, because this will be our last episode of this year. Thank you for everybody. So much. I'm not even going to name names because I don't want to leave anybody out. But those that have played video games with us, who have talked with us on Twitter, who are in our Discord, the people who can't comment on YouTube videos because they don't have YouTube accounts, thank you all. Anybody. I mean, thank you for engaging with us. Thank you for taking your time to listen to us. Obviously, we. I mean, I see the numbers we do. Not all of you engage with us, but I don't care. doesn't yeah. matter. The fact that you even care to take your time out and listen to the podcast means a lot to me. And I hope that our opinions uh, are fun for you. I hope that you enjoy them and that we, you know, um, I hope that we continue to do so. I, yeah. I have no plans of quitting doing this anytime soon. Nope. I will do this until I die if I have to. And I hope yeah. that we can make this into so much more. But 2017 has been super fun doing this. And hopefully 2018 will gonna be, be lit, son. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be triangle squared squared Okay, the second year. Okay. Uh, is that what we're going to hashtag triangle squared with a... With could a, you square in a hashtag? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. That'd be awesome, though. That All right, be. well, that's been enough. This has been episode 39. Thank you, everybody, again, and we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays for yes. the rest of you guys. Stay safe out there. Bye, guys.